This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Everybody, welcome into another episode of Punt and the Poor Man. Punt and the Poor Man. P O O R. We are here, Drew Butler and Ryan Skates. We're workshopping at least the intro music. Yes, <laughs> no heavy bass lines in the intro music, and yeah, you know, I could see a rebrand coming, but we're just we're getting this thing off the ground. No doubt, and we're off the ground and running, and we have an awesome episode for you today. We are joined by Georgia men's golf coach Chris Hack. He is in his 27th season here in Athens. He has a laundry list of accolades, two-time national champion, eight SEC championships, two-time national coach of the year, five-time SEC coach of the year, 11 Georgia golfers currently on the PGA Tour, Ryan, and Man, we had a laugh. This is a great interview coming up. Coach Hack is an all-timer. He is. He's he's a part of that Camelot scene of Georgia athletics, right, where everything just seems to be clicking. He is a a mainstay in uh, UGA sports and and just a great person to, to be around. And What a cool experience to be with him. No doubt. And what a cool experience it would have been to be a Georgia golfer. Oh. Um, what he talks about, what these student-athletes get to experience, the tournaments that they play in, uh, the people that they meet, the courses that they get to play. Looking back, um, you know, no regrets, but I, I wish I could have been a Georgia golfer. I do too. You know, it took a lot of God-given talent that I lack. But yes, I mean, of course. Right. I mean, there there can't be a better combination of if you if you are a high-performing junior golfer and you're going to be playing Division One college golf. I can't imagine why you would not want to go play for him. Yeah. You're going to get a degree from the University of Georgia. You're going to have a ton of fun cheering on the dogs and getting to know everybody at UGA. You'll have a direct pipeline to the Atlanta business scene if you don't go pro. Yeah. And you know other kids on that team are going to be PGA Tour winners. I mean, just past performance is indicative yes. of future results yes. here. Um, so, yeah, incredibly envious of the kids that have that opportunity. And, uh, I mean, just awesome stuff. There is something that is said in this interview that I can say with full confidence has never been said in the history of podcasting. Wow. Hibachi right. on a driving range. <laughs> Hibachi on the, I mean, what else Unbelievable. do you Case Unbelievable. Closed. Case Going to Georgia. Closed. You have to hear this interview. We are so honored that Coach Hack was able to join us, so please enjoy this episode of Punt and the Poor Man with Georgia men's golf coach Chris Hack. Okay, welcome into episode three of Punt and the Poor Man. Okay, I have to say poor man and enunciate that because from our first two episodes, people are saying it might be sounding like I'm saying something different, but that is not the case. Punt and the Poor Man, Drew Butler, Ryan Skates, and we have a very special guest for you today. It is none other than the men's golf coach at the University of Georgia. Grayson Sig's father-in-law. Yes, Grayson Sig's (laughs) father-in-law, Coach Chris Hack. 
Coach Hack, thanks so much for being here. Thank How are you? you? guys. Oh, I'm great. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Been the golf coach at Georgia since 1996. You're in your 27th year. You're also now the director of golf over at the Georgia Golf Coach Course, excuse me. And I would be remiss not to mention your accolades before we get started. Buckle your seatbelts. Georgia has won two national championships under Coach Hack in 1999 and 2005, including runner-up finishes in 2007 and 2011, third place showings in 20, 2009, excuse me, and 2015. Georgia's had nine top 10 and 17 top 20 efforts at the NCAA's eight SEC championships. He is a two-time National Coach of the Year and a five-time SEC Coach of the Year. How on earth do you have room for all those accolades at your house? Well, <laughs> well I got plenty of wall space, so. Uh, <laughs> big house, 27th yeah. year, that's a big house. I love it. I, uh, no, I can always find room for another one. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being here. Um, so many great angles to go with this conversation, but we'll start just with the success of the Georgia golf program, most notably now the highest ranks of golf in the PJ Tour. I think there's 10 or 11 Georgia golfers on tour right now. Uh, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it is it is a point of pride having those guys out on tour and even having a couple of guys out on the live tour, which which we still embrace those guys. And, and uh, you know, what I really enjoy is every week is turning on the telecast, and generally there's going to be one of our guys, if not two or three, in the hunt of some sort, you know, going into the weekend. And and that makes it so much more fun for me, but I think it makes it a lot more fun for the, you know, for the Bulldog Nation and uh, gives them somebody to root for. And needless to say, I'm rooting really hard for uh, a certain young man out there, Grayson Sig, because I want yes. him to take care of me in my old age one day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of an aside. I was walked in the locker room at Sea Island. It's been uh, obviously a, a while. It's been a year and Grayson's in there with coach hack and talking. And I was joking around. I was like, when do you think they're going to get married? And he was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's really on his mind. And then later that day he was asking you, right. I walked in. Right? Yeah. He actually, he said, Hey, you want to get lunch over at the lodge? I was like, sure. Let's go on over there. So we're over there. And, and I knew something was up because I think skates came by and then somebody else came by and was talking and said, Hey, you know, can I join you? And, Grayson's like, well, I, you know, I've, I've got something I need to talk to him about, you know, business-wise. You know, and I thought, okay, I don't know what's going on here. But then uh, he did. He finally said, hey, uh, what do you think about me marrying Katie? And I said, well, it's been nine years. I'd hope you'd yeah, be yeah. about ready. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. So Katie, or Kyle, when I was in law school, she taught at North Oconee, and she was a cheerleading coach. And Katie was on Kyle's cheerleading squad. Okay. So we've been keeping up with Katie you know, since she was in high school, a sophomore in high school. And, um, anyway, it's, it's great. Now she lives on the Island of course. and, you know, we get, she's a tour wife, you know, which, and, uh, it's just been great to see, see her grow. And up. that wedding was recent in September. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And all went well. It all went great and, uh, had a big time and enjoyed sure. everything and had a lot of, a lot of the, the guys that, you know, were on the, the former teams were there and, uh, it was a little little mini reunion with him and his guys. No doubt, no doubt. That's awesome. Congratulations to your daughter and Thank Grayson you. Sig. Um, how is it having players like Grayson now on the tour, or the ten or eleven guys like a Keith Mitchell who was up on top of the leaderboard at Riviera just this past weekend? How does that help you on the recruiting process when you're talking to these top tier high school golfers wanting them to come to Georgia? Well, you hope that you know it helps you in one way, and that is at least you get the attention. 
you know, they know who you're talking about. And, uh, that helps get us probably in the door, having all those guys on tour. And, you know, at that point, you just got to get in there and kind of tell them what they did, how they did it, what we did to kind of help them further their careers. And, and, uh, some guys will embrace that and say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And some guys might think it's a little, a little too much or they want more hands on, you know, so it really depends on what a kid's looking for, but it certainly hasn't hurt us in, uh, in getting kids interested a little bit. What's that process been like, or how has it changed? I guess you, you've been the golf coach for 27 years now. Uh, obviously the game of golf has changed tremendously. Junior golf has changed in a big way as well. You were way high up at the American junior golf association before becoming Georgia's head coach. What's the difference been like in talking to these kids and talking to the parents in this new day and age? Well, that's one of the biggest things is talking to parents. You know, parents are much more involved now than they were in the early days. You'd go in and you'd be talking to the kid, trying to tell the kid what, you know, what you do. And the parents would basically only be interested in the financial side of things. You know, what is it going to cost me? Because, you know, they're not on full rides. And, uh, and now the parents are much more into the – you know, what are you doing with fitness? What are you doing with nutrition? What, you know, instruction, all that kind of stuff. And for the most part, we try to, you know, if we have a, an overzealous, in, you know, inquisitive parent, we yeah. probably go the opposite way because we've got a certain way we like to do things. And if we're going to have an overactive parent, we don't, we don't want to have to bother with that. Walk us through maybe, and I, I could be looking too deep into it, but it sounds like you have a philosophy for how you like, to run your program, and it might not be the same at another school that would be, you know, similar to us, another SEC school, just for example. What do you feel like your philosophy is? Um, I would say that just, you know, most programs all do it a little different, right? And I know we're probably very different than most because Jim Douglas and I are very, I would say, very hands-off. We don't really get into the instruction. We don't get into making them have to do this, 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 or this. Um, what we like to do is we like to compete. We like to, to make it competition, whether it's, you know, very intense qualifying to see who's going to go to the next tournament. Uh, or if we're out there and we have maybe a short game practice, which we call the gauntlet, which is basically simulating golf. Um, you know, we like to compete doing that. We'd like everything to be competition driven because, our, our belief is that guys are going to get better um, when they're under the gun or they're under pressure. And the more you can put them under pressure and see if they can perform, that's when you're going to find out if guys are, you know, able to go to the next level or not. So we just, that's, that's kind of the atmosphere in which we t try to create, which is less than, you know, a lot of guys who might say, hey, we're going to go work on golf swing today, or we're going to work on something else. We, we realize that most kids that come to our program have their swing coach back home, somebody that's already, you know, helping them with their golf swing. What we want to help more is the golf course management side of things. Uh, you know, the mental side, the, the thinking things through and really, uh, again, trying to make them feel comfortable being uncomfortable because, you know, golf basically comes down to a simple equation, and that is if you've got a chance to win a golf tournament and you're coming down to the last four or five holes, your pressure's the greatest, everybody's watching, you've got to learn how to handle that. Because if you can't handle that, you won't make it out on the tour. So we, 
we try to see guys in those type of circumstances as often as we can to stretch their comfort zone and to make them more comfortable. And so that's that's the easiest way to say it. Try to make them comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. What, what's the total roster size of a golf team? Right now it's 10. It's generally yeah. 9 or 10. That fascinates me because it's just such a small, tight-knit group of guys. Do you specifically focus on, you know, when you're recruiting, guys who will fit into that smaller locker room, 9, you, 10 guys? Yeah, you try to. And, and you know, our our – our little niche has always been really the the state of Georgia and the surrounding states and really the guys who've grown up being Bulldog fans, yeah. you know. Um, that's always helped. That's always been a, a great help, you know, even, you know, guys like Brian Harmon and Russell Henley and Harris English and Hudson Swalford and Chris Kirk. I mean, these guys were all, you know, kind of Bulldog fans, and, and Kisner was just right across the border in Aiken, you know, and he – he liked Georgia, and so, you know, Davis Thompson, even though he was in Auburn, his dad went to Georgia. He was a big Georgia yep. guy. So we've always kind of felt like our our best bet was getting guys who who really had a pride in putting on the G and playing for your team. And so, again, that's that's another dynamic in which we try to work on is, is to get these guys to understand. I mean, golf is an individual sport, mm-hmm. right? But they've got to – They've got to think bigger than themselves. They've got to, they got to look at it as that I can't let my teammate down. And so it kind of goes, it kind of harbors into that, that Ryder Cup or that President's Cup mentality. And, you know, you ask all those guys, why is that so much fun? It's because the pressure is so great and the fact that guys are leaning on you and you don't want to let anybody down. And so you really, you really put a lot of emphasis into being a great teammate. So if we can get our guys here to buy into that same philosophy, they play a little harder for each other, and they really don't want to let each other down. No doubt. When I was in school, I was classmates with Harris, Russell Henley, Lowry Thomas, the great Larry. Uh, I think Harm was on those teams. Hudson was obviously on those teams. And the thing I found that was really cool was that those are just guys you wanted to hang out with. They were guys you wanted to be around. They made themselves available as well. And, And, you know, their success, and people talk about how good of guys that they are on the PJ Tour, and of course that 2011 team finished runner-up in the NCAAs. What I also found very interesting is whenever I would go over there and bug you guys at the Boyd Center or at the range, I would never see those guys hitting balls. They would always be chipping Chipping, and always be putting. Like, that's all they do. And then I'd walk over, and they go, you want to go play some holes? I'm like, yep. They'd swing a couple of drivers and go play and shoot like four under. I'd be like, okay, these guys got it. I don't have that gear. (laughs) It's just uh, it goes to show that you guys do have a process – but it's really cool to see how you allow them to kind of professionalize them, professionalize themselves while they're in college. Yeah, and and you know that's the key is you're you're trying to get them ready for the next level. You know, so you're trying to get them to play as good as they can for you, but at the same time you're you're also looking at where are they going to take their game. So you there's a little bit of give and take and willing to maybe forego a little something in college as long as it's going to help them in the long run and. And uh, but it's it's generally worked out pretty well for us that they they do the right things yeah. and help us as well. It, I mean, it's incredible to see you know now they're putting the college logos up on the leaderboards, you know, especially yeah, around cool. football season and stuff. Um, it's amazing just not only how many Georgia G's you see up there, but how you don't see a lot of other schools repetitive. I mean, mm-hmm. it speaks to that process. And uh, you know, there's some guys up. I'll say. Keith Mitchell, because he's my friend, and he knows I can pick on him. I remember 
Um, I'd go chip with him or whatever and think, well, this guy, you know, is going to be sold insurance in two years. <laughs> like there's no way he's got the horsepower to go out there. And, uh, and he found it. And I think it really speaks to, you know, that he was prepared to go out and work and, and didn't need somebody holding his hand the whole time. I mean, he knew what it took and it was time to go do it. So, um, yeah, Keith, Keith was always a, a super talent. He had, he had, you know, the great swing and all this stuff. He just didn't necessarily have the great work ethic that he needed. I will say this, and, and I think he would agree. He enjoyed college. <laughs> of it's hard yeah. not to enjoy an athlete. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah. enjoyed being his friend in college. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. He always says I, he was an A-plus college student um, and, and, and student uh, in the greatest word. But, um, but again, he, he always had the talent. So it just was a matter of really not buckling down and wanting to do it. I remember Rob Matry, the artist, he, I don't know what he was doing with the golf team, but he called me one day and he's like, we have a star on the Georgia golf team. I was like, well, who is he? He's like, his name is Keith Mitchell. You know, like I looked up and he had like, he hadn't made a cut, you know, or whatever in a long time. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, you gotta meet him. He has this style that's unbelievable. He's wearing these weird rope hats and he knows all <laughs> Ahead these, of his time. Yeah. I and mean, he was, and he still is. Now they're all calling him Cashmere Cashmere Keith. Oh, it fits in perfect. Yeah, it does. I mean, he's the ultimate like '80s movie bad guy <laughs> character, and it's it's true to who he is. So it's charming and and it, it has a little charisma. He's a, he's a pop the collar oh, visor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's it fits perfect. He's so bushy. This uh, fits into a great question I've written down. It might even be Keith. Which player of yours has surprised you the most in a good way? Um, I would probably say Sepp Straka. As and yeah. and you know, Sap was one of those kind of guys who um, was a hard worker, but man, he got the chip and yips at one point and just really struggled with that. But but Sap was one of those kind of kids. As he got into his fourth year, um, he had a chance to graduate, but he had a red shirt year, and he was actually on the verge of of maybe just graduating and going and getting a job. And uh, and wow. I I'll never forget walking with him at a tournament because he would always hit it so good. And I'd be like, How, why are you not shooting Betty scores? So I said, I'm going to walk with you an entire round. And if you ever bail out on a shot or don't commit to a shot, I'm going to punch you in the arm, you know? And sure enough, after about five or six holes, he gets on this hole, water left, bails way right. And I popped him in the arm. He was like, hey, you weren't kidding, were you? I said, no, but when you know you don't commit, you know it. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you're right. So from there on, he, he just said, I'm just going to commit to it. And all of a sudden, he started realizing how good he could be if he could continue to do that. So I literally talked him into coming back for that fifth year. I said, wow. I think you really need to come back. And uh, thank goodness he did. And, and uh, he's had a, a great little jump start to his career the last few years. He can fill it up. He'll be defending his Honda Classic title from a year ago this right. week Gosh, um so yeah him and keith both won that tournament Absolutely. and henley henley won yeah. that yeah. tournament and russell too. won it as well that's yeah. a bear of a golf course down it there is. too people always talk about how difficult it is what when a player goes through something where it's mental whether it's the chipping yips or they're not believing in themselves uh, is that when you feel like it's your time to step in you try to but but you know like anything else you'll give them encouragement you'll try you'll try anything to try to get them into a good frame of mind but the bottom line is it just comes from those guys going digging it out of the dirt and mm-hmm. doing it and doing it and doing it until they get comfortable again. And, and to Sepp's credit, that's what he did. He just worked at it really hard, and he was very fortunate. He had a, uh, 
a roommate and a classmate and Mookie DeMoss mm-hmm. who really pushed him as well. And, and those two guys pushed each other and, and it, it helped him tremendously. Kicking, punting and golf are so similar from like a fundamental aspect. And when you're talking about the golf swing or the kicking swing or punting, you know, you could talk about the grip, you can talk about your stance. Uh, there's just so many similarities and also the mental side of it. I mean, yeah. when it starts going sideways, it can go sideways very quickly. Oh, yeah. Bruce Arians, who was my head coach at the Arizona Cardinals, like on game day, literally he would only say two things to me. Um, if I was kicking well, he wouldn't talk to me. Hey, he's doing his job. If I was kicking bad, it would either be get your head out of your ass, and the <laughs> second one would be kick the effing ball. I mean, that's what he would say because he knew just kind of how to play in those spaces or at least how to give the proper encouragement when needed. I want to hear, and this is taking some spotlight away from Coach here, but what was the Dallas Cowboys coach saying at the end of this year when that kicker came Oh, missing? dude. When Jerry Jones, the owner, is talking to the kicker pregame of a playoff game, I-, I can't even imagine what that kicker was thinking. That has never happened in the history of the NFL. And they went out there to give him a pep talk because supposedly he was having a funky warm-up before that playoff game. I, I can't even imagine. I bet the kid was like, just cut me now. This is going to be the worst yeah. thing ever. Like, this is brutal. <laughs> Unbelievable. But that's a mental block. That's yeah. just a, an absolute mental block, it, to your point. That's that's what a guy goes through over a three-foot putt. You know, it's just it gets in your head, and, uh, man, it's a bad feeling. Have you been watching any of that full swing series? I have. I've seen, I think, three episodes so far. I saw the first one last night, and I just thought it was great. But, you know, Justin Thomas talks about standing over a three-foot putt and just how hard it can be. Uh, I can't imagine. Well, hell, Max Homa got second place this week in that designated event. He made $2.17 million. Yeah. I I hate harping on Keith, but he made a putt for 120 grand, you know, 12-foot birdie putt there at the end. I mean, that's just... um, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, that was a big putt he made. He was spending some money on that backside with a couple yeah. of bogeys, yeah. but that putt on 18, yeah, that was worth some is money. Is that cognizant when he's making those bogeys? Is he thinking in that moment, I'm losing a shitload of money right now or not necessarily? You're, I, you're in, I hope he's not, yeah, but, yeah. you know, deep down probably in the back of your mind you're thinking, I, I'm When you know the purse is $25 million or yeah. whatever it is, it's yeah. crazy. What, what are your thoughts right now on the state of professional golf? It's um, you know, I I hate that I hate that the the tour and the live is going at it the way they are because it's not good for golf as a whole. There's so many good players in live that should be playing whenever they want to over here, in my opinion, um, or vice versa. It's just it's just unfortunate in golf that it's kind of gotten into a little bit of a cat fight like that, and I just I hope it gets resolved. Because there's no doubt in my mind if, you know, if, if tournaments are allowed four or five, whatever it is, sponsors exemptions. If you're in Phoenix, Arizona, there's no doubt in my mind that having Phil Mickelson in Phoenix, Arizona, where he went to school as a draw, is good for their tournament. Yeah. And to not allow that, you know, that just seems kind of crazy to me. Or if you come over to Florida and you've got Sergio or, or some of these guys that, that have some fan bases there or what it just doesn't make any sense to me. Somehow they've got to get this figured out because there's just too many good players. They should all be playing against each other. If you could, if you could have a solution right now, or, or what do you think in the interim, if some way, somehow they're like, we need to figure out a way to coexist. What would that look like to coach hack? Well, I, I, again, I think I would just say to any of those guys, to, to any of the tournaments, you have X amount of sponsors exemptions like you've yeah. always had. 
invite whoever you want. If you want to invite Dustin and Phil and, and Sergio and Graham McDowell, do it. You know, yeah. if you don't, don't do it. But, but there's going to be guys who are going to want to, or tournaments that are going to want to bring those guys over because they sell tickets and they're a draw. It makes me think of Happy Gilmore, the whole thing. I mean, that's a really exaggerated example of a disruptive force coming to a stodgy league. Yes. And it's such a shame because golf seems so susceptible. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. To pride and exclusivity. And there's so many of these things are kind of ingrained into it that this is the perfect storm yeah. you know, to, to really cause. Well, it's all going to come to a head here in a couple of weeks with the Masters because really the governing body of the game almost could be considered Augusta National, right? They kind of call yeah. the shots to push the PJ Tour and the RNA and the USGA to formalize their rules around what they're doing. What do you think that environment's going to be like? Uh, well, I don't know, but I, I can say this. What is it? Is it six or seven former champions? Yeah. I mean. That's not by coincidence. If they would not have been allowed to come and play, what a shame that would have been for the golfing public, you know. That's that's part of the the um, awe of the Masters is having the former champions there and the, the champions dinner and the whole, you know, that whole thing is, is what, is so cool about that event. So if all of a sudden you didn't have those guys there or they weren't invited, that would have been a big blow to golf as a whole, which, um, which I wouldn't have wanted to see. Absolutely. That, that whole master's week is a great celebration of the culture in our state. You know, G day is kind of finished up. Everybody's got football back on their mind, but the weather is always beautiful. You're so focused on what's happening in Augusta. It leads me to a question asking you, how important is it being at a school like Georgia where golf and football are are kind of simpatico in a way? You know, your golfers like to go to football games. You use football games to recruit. Football players want to be golfers, vice versa. Uh, It seems like to be a really good marriage in Athens. Yeah, I think it's huge because, again, you got, again, the golf history in the whole state of Georgia, whether it's Augusta National, the Atlanta Athletic Club, Peachtree, Eastlake, I mean – Golf in, golf in the state of Georgia is a big deal, and, of course, you marry, marry that with football. You're right. There's a lot of, a lot of guys who are fans uh, of both, and so to be kind of a small part of that um, is, is very cool. So, all right, let's say that I am the number one junior golfer in the country. I've won the Rolex Tournament of Champions for AJGA, <laughs> and I'm you know 17 or whatever, and I'm looking to go to Georgia. Walk me through y'all's recruiting weekend. You know, is it just – Football games and tennis players. I mean, <laughs> we would, uh, well, so this year we started something new where out on the drive on Friday night they come in, and on Friday evening, as the 
you know, you still got a couple of hours of daylight. They will, you know, the guys and the recruits will be out on the putting green putting and kind of doing their thing. And we, uh, we started this year with this thing called new age hibachi where they come in and they literally set up this huge hibachi table with a couple of cooks right on the range. That's awesome. So as soon as they're ready, the guys just drop their putters and come over and we all sit there and they do this big hibachi dinner and the kids love it, and the parents love it, and they just think it's the greatest thing in the world. Hell yeah. Um, that is the greatest thing yeah, in the world. Do you have the current players yeah. there, too, or is this just uh, yeah, current pl- yeah. yeah, current players and the recruits and uh, and their parents. So it's it's awesome. And then we get done with that, and, uh, you know, we'll kind of entertain the parents a little bit, and then the guys will, you know, they'll go do their thing with the recruits. But then the next day we'll meet, meet down there, down there somewhere around in the stadium for a little tailgate, go to the game, take them down the sidelines, um, you know, go to the game and then generally meet back out at the Boyd Center and maybe have pizza out there yeah. and put on the TVs and watch the rest of the games. I know last year I think the uh, Alabama-Tennessee game was on, so everybody oh, was watching man, the end of that weekend. game. You know, so, again, everybody's kind of into it and having fun and then uh, – you know, they the next day they may go play golf in the morning, and and then the visit's over. So that's kind of the, a recruiting weekend for us. If you need a marker for one of those weekends, kind of like how <laughs> Jeff Knox did at Augusta National, yeah. uh, I can be that filling guy for sure. I can just go for hibachi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always thought, and tell me if this has ever been um, brought up in discussions. I always thought, and think about McGill Society, think about Georgia Bulldog Club. If you put a couple of cottages out at the university course, oh. okay, I, I already see your reaction. If you're watching a video, you'll see the reaction. If you put a couple of cottages out there and on a big home game weekend to where alumni or certain people with certain points could reserve those cottages, maybe put a, put a couple certain, of lights out there for some night putting. Hosts, certain, yeah. yeah. Has that ever been a discussion? Uh, well, it's been a discussion since, you know, 27 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been saying that for years that we've got – I think one of the greatest pieces of property and a great golf course that if we ever embraced doing something like that, I think it would be a huge home run. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's the director of golf now. When did that happen? Well, no, no, that's just for the golf teams. For the golf course itself, that's that's a whole different – it's not under athletics. That's auxiliary services. Another error in the notes. Yes, yes. We need to – that's my fault. That's my fault. I put a huge question mark. When did he have to start doing that? There you go. (laughs) Describe your relationship with associate head coach Jim Douglas. You mentioned him earlier. He's been with you now for twenty uh, some odd years. Yeah, he was uh, with me from the very beginning. And then he took a little sabbatical when he had kids, and and then came back. But you know, Jim, you know, Jim grew up a son of a golf pro over in Augusta. He was dad owned the patch, and uh, it's basically where they did all the historically black golf tournaments, and the caddies from Augusta would all hang out there, and and uh, so he he's got a great knowledge of golf, and and having grown up in the the golfing world. An all-time great Georgia Bulldog no character, doubt. Jim no Douglas. Doubt. Oh, Absolutely. Speaking about recruiting, I've so I've been staying in the same hotel they bring the golf recruits to. And, you know, you're talking about parents. There was one parent and Coach Douglas, you could tell, just weren't quite vibing. And, <laughs> I was just like, ah, a parent just doesn't get it. They'll never get it. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What's your favorite tournament destination to that point? And I just broke the microphone. What's your I, favorite tournament destination? Gosh, um, I have so many of them. I love I love going to Puerto Rico. Love going to Vegas. 
love going heck i love the tournament down at great waters down at lake oconee that's a such a good golf course um golly hawaii's not bad yeah you uh, guys have a pretty good schedule well that's by design i mean i want to have a good schedule and i want to have good golf courses and i want to challenge those guys so you know that's i think again that's that's about getting them ready for the next level by putting them in those environments all the time and and uh and if they can come out of those in pretty good shape, you got a chance to win. How do you pick the tournaments? I mean, do you get, is there like a catalog of them or do you have to go out and you know, ask certain people to invite you to their tournament? Or Most of it's all invitation only. And we get, again, we get invited to a lot of tournaments that we have to turn down because you don't have enough playing days to do it. I mean, I've turned down tournaments to, you know, Eagle Point over there, which is fantastic. Yeah. Inverness, um, I mean, I could say that, you know, Cabo, um, yeah, we, we turned down a lot of really good invitations. That's not bad. No. Reincarnated, I'd want to be a college oh. golfer. I went to the Chris Hack golf camp. I want to say, God, it had to be like 2002 or three. Two-time attendee because I went when I was young. Um, and then you invited me out when I was playing. You yeah. were like, hey, Drew, come out here and just kick some footballs to these kids, make them run around the range so we can wear them out. So I went out there barefooted, brought a couple of footballs, and Coach Hack was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Just kick them all over. So we're just launching footballs on the range, and these little kids are just running all over the place trying to catch them. Oh, Good that's, times. That's cool. yeah. Well, that's well, cool. he doesn't do it justice. So now you know what a great kicker he was. And he would hit these things in the air, and they would turn over that spiral, which yep. no nobody else on that range could do, right? And the kids would be trying to catch them. And as you all know, it comes down like a missile and usually is about 10 feet in front of them because they don't know how to catch it. And it was incredible. Brings me to a great story as this microphone is completely broken. Um, I was at Whisper Rocks member guest in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is two years ago. And an unbelievable member guest. Whisper Rock is one of the best golf clubs in the country. And that weekend, it was the Dell match play. So um, 64, you know, top 64 in the world golf ranking. So the top flight in that member guest was six PGA Tour members and their buddies. They're just having a good time. Graham Dillette, Ches Reavy, um, I forget some of the others. A lot of former football players, a lot of former hockey players. Brendan Stokely, the former wide receiver, was in our flight. So we had a good time. He's a great guy. Derek Anderson, former quarterback, he's there too. So we're sitting there at a table after a round, and obviously it's a member guest. People are um, not sober. Um, I'm talking to Brandon. I'm like, I don't even know how we got on this conversation. Uh, Somebody asks, Brandon, if Drew punted you the ball, how many balls could you catch out of 10? Stokely's like, I don't know. It's been a while. Six. I go, dude, you could definitely catch way more than six. Well, some guy on the table's like, I could catch eight. <laughs> Here we go. And he did not look like an athlete. So DA, Derek Anderson, looks at me and he's like, I'm bringing a football tomorrow. Are you willing to punt football? So I'm like, of course I am. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking this is not going to happen. The next day, the shootout's over. Everybody's still hanging out, having a great time. DA goes to his car brings a football into the, to the men's grill. He's like, you ready to go outside? I'm like, yep. So Colt Nose is there, Drew Stoltz, who do the PJ Tour yep. radio show. They bring everybody out there. And the general manager, Trent Rathburn, walks up to me. He's like, Butler, you sure you're going to do this? Like, do not get yourself hurt and then yell at me afterwards. I go, man, I'm all good. So we went out there, 10 footballs, kicking it over the putting green. This guy didn't even get close to catching one football. It was hilarious. <laughs> I've got the videos to prove it, too. It was hilarious. Great times. No, it's it's so hard to, to catch a football when it's kicked by a professional. Because, I mean, yeah. again, it's coming down like a missile, 
not anywhere near like you think it's going to come down. Funny. Good times. That's God, it made times. me nervous all year with McConkie back there. Oh, just oh, every time it looked like it looked like one of the campers. But you know that Hacks. same year that you came out and kicked in the second session, I had Stafford come out and throw some bombs to the guys, <laughs> and, and it was funny because we'd be on the one end of the range and he'd say, "Okay, take off," and you know about forty yards down the range, the kids looking back like, "When are you going to throw it?" And he's like, "Just you just know," keep going. and he'd throw it about. 70 yards, right on, right in stride. It was unbelievable. That's how you get all those good recruits, man. You bring the yeah. football players out there. That's right. Talk to me um, a couple more questions before we get to our parting segment. Talk to me about the equipment situation. Obviously, a lot of people are listening. They're avid golfers. Equipment's always at the top of their mind. What is that like with the equipment providers, with your current golfers who have relationships as their junior golfers? Are they just sending you guys stuff to give to these players? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, most of the, most of the big golf uh, golf companies they'll provide us whatever we need they try to make a a visit you know on the campus maybe once in the fall once in the spring let guys test drivers irons putters you know so we've had ping and titleist i think taylor maids actually coming thursday i'll be there um you know so they (laughs) you know they all they all show up and kind of show off what they've got what's new what's exciting you know callaway just came out with a new driver and they were down showing it off and it was really good the guys were very impressed so so it gives you a chance to kind of see what's what's going on in the marketplace, and and if a kid really wants to make a change, they'll they'll provide it to them. They just got to do it through us. Yeah, that's awesome. That'd Gosh. be a good a good way to do oh, it. I, I want to be a Georgia golfer <laughs> so know, bad. Everybody crazy. does, and I think it it speaks to maybe the marriage of golf and football, and just people in Georgia are naturally drawn to both. But also speaks to the quality of person you brought through the program. You have dozens of fantastic ambassadors for your program, whether they're on the PGA Tour or they're lawyers in Atlanta or, or whatever. Everybody is always proud to know a Georgia golfer, you know, and wants to feel like they're counted as a part of them. So that's a testament to what you've built. And, it's, and it's I, you know, we, we've always, we tell all the kids, it's a, it's a very special fraternity. There just aren't that many members mm-hmm. over the course of history, you know, because you only add maybe one or two guys every year. And uh, it is a pretty special fraternity of guys that that can say that they were on the Georgia golf team. Staying on equipment for one second, so much is made about technology and the advancements in technology. Would you be in favor of rolling back the ball or limiting the technology, or would you simply just say grow the rough up, make the fairways a little bit tighter, firm these greens up, and make it harder for these guys to perform? I'm old school. I'd like to see them roll the ball back because I think it's, again, that was what was part of the great thing of golf is that that was that was part of the element is is you didn't always know where that ball was going. You know, if you if you really go back and you look at – when I was first here, okay, in 96, we were still playing the Bellotta ball. Mm-hmm. And, you I mean, the cover off those, those Bellotta balls would go 100 yards right, 100 yards left. They, they went everywhere. And then all of a sudden when you started going to the solid core ball, the Pro-V, I mean, it changed everything. Nothing really went crazy right or left. You didn't really hit slices, you hit blocks or, or, or pulls. And so I, I just think the uh, the ball has been the hugest difference because guys just don't hit the the squirrely shots like he used to get hit. Can you, can you hit a squirrely shot with a Pro V1? <laughs> no. <of course> not. <laughs> What's your favorite experience at Augusta National? Oh gosh, um, probably for for me personally, the, probably the first time I ever played it. I you know I went over there with 
the great Jimmy Gabrielson, and it was, this was in May, so it was great weather. The ground was firm, so the balls were actually rolling out. In fact, this was before they actually lengthened it a ton, yeah. so it was still you know able for me to to play it, and I think I shot 73 and okay. and felt like, man, I just yeah, really had absolutely. the time of my life. Now I'd be you know lucky if I could break 90 because you're probably hitting three wood into every hole. Do you, still, do you guys still get to take the team out there each year? Yeah, yeah they went over there uh, a few weeks back and played with Jeff Knox and, and a couple of guests. So. I heard that new tee on 13 is pretty serious. Um, I heard that it was it's pretty pretty well back there, but that they've done such a fantastic job in making it look like it's been there forever. You just don't even know that they did that. It, yeah. You should see, they've moved the trees. I mean, 100-year-old pine trees that are a billion yards tall. They just moved them. It's unbelievable. Yeah, what a special spot. Coach, you ready to do five to go? we got five questions to get to know you a little bit better. All right. You've done a fantastic job. I'll give you, I think I'll give you an A right now. <laughs> I will. Well, good. This has been great. It's the best. Grading guest. Well, you know, I just I, I have to stay honest. I've known Coach Hack for a long time. He graded me when I kicked to his uh, campers back in 2009 or whatever. That's, like that's he, the best grade I've ever gotten. <laughs> sounds like he graded you and he didn't recruit you from <laughs> golf camp. Look, too. he looked at me at golf camp. He was like, this kid yeah. doesn't have Actually, Drew and I go back, you know how far back we go? Is I had Ryu Jumata That's right. staying at your house Spike when you were probably house. only had what? To be middle school, maybe. Even yeah. Middle. I mean, when did he win the Bell South Classic? Uh, that's a good question. Ninety? No. When did he? I can't. So remember. we moved to Atlanta in '99, so it had to be maybe that first or second year. Yeah. What Coach is talking about is Ryu Jumata, who was a PGA Tour player. They used to have the PGA Tour event at TPC Sugarloaf, the AT and T or Bell South Classic. So Ryuji was in town. Coach Hack called my dad, said, hey, I have a golfer. He needs a place to stay. So Ryuji stayed at our house, I think, for two or three years straight. That's exactly how I got to know you. Yep. 99, 2000, 2001. That's a long time ago. That Good is. stuff. Good stuff. All right, five to go. Uh, Ryan, start us off. Five quick questions to get our, get our audience to know our guests a little bit better. This uh, microphone situation is, is too good. You it's have to rewatch this on video if, yeah. if you're listening. All right, best SEC road trip. Best SEC road trip. See, we don't play SEC schedules like uh, all yeah. other sports play. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd say the the SEC championship thing that we played over in Birmingham uh, at Shoal Creek two years oh, nice. ago. Nice. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Good spot at Shoal Creek. Great yeah. spot, yes. What's your biggest pet peeve? In golf? In life. In or life. Golf, whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> More than a golf coach? Yeah, come on, coach. Day. Oh gosh, my biggest pet peeve, um, my uh, YouTube not turning on 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 my TV, and and then I've got nothing to watch because it's my cable's gone out. Yeah, there you go. The, the internet's not working. Yeah. just I hate that. Absolutely, big Matlock guy over here. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, last meal. What restaurant are we going to? Probably Hal Steakhouse, and uh, get me choice. a fillet. Great and, choice. Uh, Maybe throwing a little lobster there as well, and a and a martini to to start off the night. Oh man, Hal's never. That's a great start, but the end is just you never know where you're gonna go. You're gonna yeah. be at Johnny's. You're yeah. gonna see your friend's mom. Yeah, it's maybe walk over to the Ivy. Yeah, it's Wobble it's that triangle right there is dangerous yeah. for sure. Yes. But it all starts with that Hal's fillet or ribeye and a martini and a little glass of cab. <laughs> yeah, speaking our language. <laughs> What's one app on your phone that you couldn't live without? Um, probably, uh, 
Well, right now, I'd say probably PGA Tour. Yeah, and uh, they've done a fantastic job with the uh, update to it, that it's app. A, it's a little better now. It was struggled early on, but now it's gotten better. But yeah. I look at that all the time, especially uh, Thursday through Friday, obviously. Absolutely. All right, favorite band musical act? You're getting to throw a concert in your backyard, unlimited. Any time frame, yeah. dead alive. For- you know, I was a uh, I was a Journey guy. Okay, Love nice. Journey. That was that was my band growing up. I loved listening to Journey, and actually saw them. The first time I ever saw Journey was at the Fox. That you know how they used to have the warm up band before the yeah, yeah, yeah. the Outlaws were playing, and Journey was the warm up group to the Outlaws. What year was that? That would have been like nineteen seventy seven. At the Fox. At the Fox. And uh, and then we were like, God, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> next thing you know, Seriously. next thing you know, they they really, you know, then they came out with that Infinity album, and we we're like, Yeah, these guys are great. So, have you, have you heard them? Because obviously Steve Perry's not singing anymore, but have you heard them with that Asian frontman now, and how good he is? Okay, I'll tell you this: yeah. we we were, I can't remember Filipino, how many years, I, think I can't remember like that, how many yeah. years ago this was when he joined them. They had a show in Vegas, and it was the first time they were going to have a live deal with this guy yeah. and i took the team we went and saw him <laughs> dude and i need to be a georgia i'll be a graduate assistant <laughs> yeah. no and i remember going this guy's unbelievable he was great yeah he really is yes. that's fantastic is that five questions these 19 year old kids are like what the hell are we doing? i know this is awesome in vegas too well, the, unbelievable they, they, it was either journey with that guy or barry manilow yeah <laughs> I love it. Barely at the Tropicana or wherever. Something awesome. we learned today, talking about live music. Larry Munson once played the piano for Frank Sinatra at a Frank Sinatra concert. No yes. kidding. Yes. And wow. Larry Munson wore white socks and old blue eyes, told him to get some black socks. <laughs> How great is that? I can't believe Jeff Dancer just casually dropped oh, that yeah, I mean, That is awesome. All right, last question. What's at the top of your bucket list? You've done a lot of cool shit. Gosh, family um, show, Drew. it's a family show. <laughs> well, you know, he's got me fired up, yeah. man. I'm excited. Um, gosh, not, top of my bucket it. list. It, it, it's not golf anymore. I've done so many cool things in golf. I don't know. Probably, it's probably going to Italy, yeah. doing something I've never done before. So maybe going over there, go up the Eiffel awesome. Tower. I don't Absolutely. know. Love it. That's in France, but we'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> Geography and our guests. We'll let that slide. Now you have officially gotten an A-plus, Coach Act. I want to see the Statue of Liberty <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. So Coach Act, this has been an absolute blast. Um, as Georgia Bulldogs and alumni, we're lucky to have you. And um, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Best of luck in Las Vegas. Best of luck. For the rest of the year, we'll be cheering you on, as will everybody else. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us today. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Love Absolutely. It. All right. Well, Good we dog. will be uh, in touch next week with another episode of Punt and the Poor Man. Thank you very much, Coach Jack, for joining us. See you. I mean, <laughs> how great is that? How much yum yum sauce do you think <laughs> Jim Douglas goes through on one of those recruiting weekends? Dude, that has to be like the greatest thing ever. Just Coach Hack talking about what it means to be a Georgia golfer what they get to experience, the, the network and the fraternity that they're brought into seems like a pretty sweet gig. Oh, gosh. Um, absolutely. I, I kind of touched on it in the interview, but there was a day on football season this year where I was staying in the hotel where the, the guys were staying and uh, or the golf recruits, and that dad interacting with Jim Douglas in the lobby of the Spring Hill Suites was just an all-time moment where Jim was like, we're going to the game, and I'm done with it. <laughs> You know, it's just interesting because there is such a 
part of the coaching scene to handle the parents or at least weed those types of parents out throughout the recruiting process and hearing coach hack talk about how much that has changed over two decades uh that was very insightful i enjoyed hearing that because you know you and i coming up in the mid 2000s and dude the world has changed tremendously just from when we were seniors in high school um, and golf has changed, and he spoke about that as well. Yeah, about equipment changes and just, you know, these kids getting so polished so fast. Um, it, it's wild stuff, and it's and it's happening here in this state. Yeah, I mean, you have these kids going, you know, coming out of places like AAC, yeah. and, uh, the, the Twins, and you have these kids going to Sea Island and doing this junior performance center. So, I mean, it's all happening right here, and it's pretty cool. He has his finger on the pulse. Um, you know, he has a a big role to play as, yeah. as the head golf coach of the flagship university of the greatest state in yes. the history of the world. The Georgia, the state of Georgia, the Absolutely. Georgia Bulldogs, the Georgia Go Bulldogs. no doubt. Thank you, Roddy. You okay over there? You good? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I need to get a breath. It was a lot of fun talking to Coach Jack. We really appreciate him joining us. We appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of Punt and the Poor Man. We will talk to you next week. See you. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 